When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, kids? My name is Ray. I am the host of the Dear Pats Nation podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in today. This episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast is brought to you by our sponsors over at Ultra Game. Get decked out in fully licensed NFL gear. They have all of your favorite teams over there. Go check out Ultra Game, one of the largest suppliers of licensed NFL apparel. Don't waste your money on knockoffs. Go get geared up with Ultra Game. And we are members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Go to DeanBlundell.com. Check out the work I'm doing over there and see what else is happening uh, over on the Dean Blundell Network, over 100 podcasts and content creators. Go check it out. And let me tell you, the benefit of becoming a Patreon member for only $5 a month, you get invited to our Patreon hangout every Friday night. You also get direct access to me, and your comments and questions will be answered on every episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. When you're watching or listening to the show on Friday nights, well, there's like 10 guys on, those are all Patreon members. Check out the Patreon page over at patreon.com slash Sports and see what's happening over there. Well, we're going to look at a few things tonight, including the NFL negotiated Roger Goodell's contract to Sean Watson, denying that he wants to go to the Buccaneers or the Vikings. Could Malcolm Butler maybe make a return to the New England Patriots? What should Arius Ward? Could he come to the Patriots? Was the Rams winning the Super Bowl just the perfect ending to what they call a, quote, mediocre season? And what if the Patriots don't go and address that number one wide receiver position like everybody expects? We're going to be talking about that and a whole lot more when we get this show started. So a lot of people don't like Roger Goodell. As a New England Patriots fan, I know for sure that a majority of the fan base doesn't like Roger Goodell. But according to Matthew Washington of The Score, Roger Goodell is negotiating a contract extension to remain as the NFL's commissioner. Sources told Ben Fisher and John Orrand of the Sports Business Journal. He reportedly earned $63.9 million in each of the past two seasons as part of his incentive-laden contract. NFL Vice President of Communications Brian McCarthy said there is, quote, no truth to this report. Goodell signed his third extension as commissioner in 2017, and the deal was touted by former league spokesperson Joe Lockhart to be his last. He's overseen $110 billion worth of broadcasting deals, ran the league through the COVID-19 pandemic, and reached a deal on a new collective bargaining agreement that will last until 2030. So why would the NFL be interested in possibly extending Roger Goodell? Let me tell you why. Because at the end of the day, it's all about money. I know there's people who are upset about referees. They're upset about possible 
collusion with the Miami Dolphins. It's all about the money. And Roger Goodell has been an absolute pro at making money for the NFL. I know people don't want to hear it. I know people want to believe that he's this evil guy that the owners don't like because he suspended Tom Brady for four games or suspended Ezekiel Elliott for six. However, when it comes to the NFL, it's all about making money. And one thing that Roger Goodell did for the National Football League was make money. Now, there were rumors that started spreading on Thursday that Deshaun Watson was beginning to look at some of the possible trade destinations for himself. And those rumors indicated that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Minnesota Vikings were at the top of his list. Matthew Washington of The Score says different. Quote, Deshaun Watson's agent says there's no truth to his client looking into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Minnesota Vikings ahead of free agency. The response arrives a day after the 26-year-old was reportedly assessing potential landing spots ahead of the 2022 season. Watson was believed to be prioritizing offensive systems, coaching, and the ability to win when deciding on his next destination. Watson holds no trade clause that allows him to have final say in any potential trade scenario. So is it surprising that Watson wouldn't be interested in both of those teams? Now, I, for one, believe that this is just a little bit of posturing by Watson's camp. I believe that there has to be some interest by the quarterback to go. For the most part, both teams have stacked offenses. You have the opportunity in Tampa Bay to play with Bruce Arians, who's an offensive mind, quarterback whisperer, they say. Then you got Mike Ed Mike Evans there. You assume they're going to re-sign Chris Godwin. Maybe they add another player. Scotty Miller should be back. Maybe Gronkowski returns. Maybe you're just keeping the seat warm for Tom Brady. However, Watson would make that team legitimate contenders again. And I think that they do really well. The Vikings, on the other hand, have a great offense. However, there are reports that Kirk Cousins is planning on returning to football. Now, even though he's been the subject of trade rumors, their new head coach did come out today and say that he's looking forward to working with Kirk Cousins. As a lot of people know, I believe that Kirk Cousins is one of the most underrated players in the National Football League. I don't think that Cousins gets the respect that he deserves. So I don't know if Minnesota would be interested in Deshaun Watson, but I will point out, and I pointed this out yesterday, that there's maybe three or four, five teams in the NFL that should be out on Watson. Every other team should be in on Deshaun Watson, and that includes the New England Patriots. The only teams I really don't see them interested in Watson would probably be Baltimore. They have Lamar Jackson. The Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. The Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe the Rams with Stafford. Just won a Super Bowl with them. Kind of tough to move on. The Packers, if they're able to retain Aaron Rodgers. And let's throw in the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Besides that, every other team should be for play in play for Deshaun Watson. Malcolm Butler's had a very interesting career. 
He was, of course, brought onto the Patriots as an undrafted free agent. He then had an interception in the Super Bowl, making him one of the most popular Patriots players of all time. The Patriots then let him walk in free agency after benching him in Super Bowl 52. And after bouncing around a little bit, he ended up with the Arizona Cardinals, where he eventually retired. But according to Alex Chippen of the score, the Cardinals have released Malcolm Butler from the retired list. And he wrote, quote, the Arizona Cardinals have released former Pro Bowl cornerback Malcolm Butler from the retired list Thursday, relinquishing his rights in the event he returns to the NFL. That's according to ESPN's Field Yates. After playing for the Patriots from 2014 to the 2017 and winning a pair of Super Bowls, Butler signed a five-year, $61 million contract with the Tennessee Titans of free agency. He pulled down nine interceptions in three seasons before the Titans released him in 2001. So I'm going to ask a question that perhaps Patriot fans won't want me to ask, but should New England be interested in reuniting with Malcolm Butler? I think it's fair to say that the Patriots' number one need this offseason is their secondary, second being their middle linebacking position. Now, of course, there are free agents that are available, and the Patriots could also take a cornerback or a safety in the first round of the draft. The Patriots moved on from Stephon Gilmore last year. J.C. Jackson moved into that number one role. Now, however, it should be important to point out that he is a – unrestricted free agent so new england will either have to franchise tag him or sign him you got Jalen mills and jonathan jones very serviceable corners Jalen mills probably better as a safety and then you have adrian phillips who's a hybrid and you have kyle duggar who's a hybrid besides that the patriots are a little thin at the cornerback position i don't think that malcolm butler would cost a lot of money i think that he understands the patriots defensive system I think that he could be some veteran leadership in the locker room that the Patriots may lose if Devin McCourty doesn't return to the team. Now, he's not going to be the guy who Patriot fans believed he was going to be before he signed his big contract with the Tennessee Titans. However, I do believe that he could be a very good complementary piece to New England going down the stretch. He doesn't even have to be the number two. He could come in as a number three or the number four. He could be depth. And he'd be better than a lot of the depth that the Patriots currently have on their roster. Now, ever since Tom Brady announced his retirement, people appear just to want him to continue playing football again. Analysts, Skip Bayless, Rob Gronkowski, and now Antonio Brown all believe that Tom Brady will not stay retired. And Caitlin Holroyd of The Score wrote, quote, Antonio Brown is amongst those who believe Tom Brady hasn't entirely closed the door on playing again. After Brown's release from the Bucks in January, he described Brady as a close friend, but also expressed disappointment that the quarterback didn't help him get a better contract. Brady, who announced his retirement in February, seems open to the possibility of returning to the NFL one day. He stated during a recent podcast appearance that he'd never say never about a potential comeback, though he said he feels good about his decision to retire. So the question is, will Tom Brady come out of retirement in 2022? Now, I'm going to start by making things perfectly clear in case anybody's confused. I do not know Tom Brady. 
I have never met Tom Brady personally. The only thing I know about Tom Brady is what I know from the media and his public persona. However, that being said, after following Tom Brady for all these years, I do not believe that Tom Brady is going to come out of retirement. I do believe that we have seen the end of Tom Brady in football. What I think has been happening is, is fans, players, analysts, nobody wants to accept that the Brady era is over. For a lot of the players in the league, Tom Brady was a part of their childhood, the way that he's been a part of the childhood of a lot of fans around the league. He's, of course, cherished in the city of Boston. He's become the new mayor of Tampa Bay. And he's respected around the entire NFL, both by fans and players. So I understand the infatuation with the Antonio Browns of the world talking out loud that Tom Brady won't stay retired. They know him as a competitor. They know his preparation. They've known what winning championships means to Tom Brady. We've also had discussions that I believe at least that perhaps Tom Brady's passion for football wasn't as high as the passion of his legacy. Tom Brady always said that he would retire when he sucks. He didn't suck in 2022. In fact, he had over 5,000 yards in passing. However, maybe, maybe Brady feeling things, maybe slipping away. I don't know. But I do not believe that we will see Tom Brady return to football ever again. If I've said it once, I've said it three billion times. The New England Patriots need to address their secondary this offseason. Whether that be through free agency, whether that be through the draft, I don't really care. But they need to build the depth in the secondary. Because the Patriots' Super Bowl aspirations lie solely in the hands of their defense. John Bueller, a fan cited, wrote that adding Shavarius Ward strengthens the Patriots' secondary and hurts a rival. He wrote, given that Belichick is a defensive-minded coach, he tends to gravitate towards players on that side of the ball in free agency. In essence, he can scout the other team's players and see how they can fit and what they do better than just about everyone. One player who might slip through the cracks of an AFC rival team would have to be Kansas City Chiefs cornerback Shavarius Ward. In a way, adding Ward would be a means to offset losing Stephon Gilmore midseason, as well as a worst-case scenario if the Patriots are unable to bring back J.C. Jackson on a second contract. Because the defensive backfield is a position group Belichick and his coaching staff prioritize, this will be addressed aggressively in free agency one way or the other, and Ward could be the next Patriots. So would Ward be a fit for New England? I think at this point, any secondary player who's able to support J.C. Jackson on the other side of the field, who's able to take attention away from a portion of the field, would be more than welcome to New England. 
Unfortunately for Ward, one of my fondest memories. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. ...of him is Josh Allen running him over in the divisional round playoffs this year. A play I remind everybody that Josh Allen initiated contact and Javarius Ward had to leave the field injured because of the hit by Josh Allen. Josh Allen's also a freak of nature, so let's keep that into consideration. When we talk about fits of an organization and scheme, I think that more players fit into the Patriots organization more than anybody else on the planet. Contrary to the belief that it's difficult to find your spot or play for New England. Bill Belichick, especially defensively, is phenomenal at putting his players in a position to succeed. I don't believe that Ward would be an upgrade over J.C. Jackson or a straight replacement for Jackson if the Patriots weren't able to bring him back. However, I do believe if they are able to re-sign J.C. Jackson with Ward on the other side, with the possibilities of Jalen Mills, as a safety, or even Jonathan Jones as a safety, or the possibility of Devin McCourty returning, the Patriots could have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. It's coffee break, guys. One second. Well, the Los Angeles Rams capped off another NFL season as Super Bowl champions. I also think it's fair to say that this was a weird season. And maybe Ben Valen of the Boston Globe captured it right when he said that the Rams Super Bowl win was a fitting end to a mediocre 2021 NFL season. Valen wrote, quote, Super Bowl 56 was a fitting end to the 2021 NFL season. It was an enjoyable season, providing a nice distraction from the pandemic but it won't go down as one of the best seasons. There were no dominant teams. The top teams in the AFC went 12 and five and the NFC 13 and four. It marked the first time since 2014 and just the fourth time since 1990 that no team won 80% of its games. Both number one seeds lost at home in the divisional round. The Super Bowl matchup seemed like a result of a randomizer with both number four seeds reaching the game for the first time. Overall, it wasn't the crispest of seasons. Scoring dropped from 49.6 points per game last season to 46. Considering that the NFL continuously makes the rules easier for offenses, the drop in production is noteworthy. Penalties increased from 11.2 to 11.8 per game and from 97 to 102 yards per game. There was also a striking number of blowouts in the regular season, 53 games decided by at least 21 points, the most there's been since 54 in 2014. There was no dominant team in 2021, but the bad teams were really, really bad. So how disappointing was the 2021 season? 
disappointing may be a strong word. However, when you think about what we expected, I see what Ben Valen is saying. We talked about the Buffalo Bills being the best team in the AFC. They ended up being Jekyll and Hyde. They were going to rival the Kansas City Chiefs, and though they played in a great divisional round game, people were counting Kansas City out week five and week six of the season. In the NFC, Tampa Bay, because of injuries, they struggled. The Rams, even though they won the Super Bowl, didn't look fantastic. The Arizona Cardinals took a step backwards, even though they started the season off undefeated. Seattle fell into mediocrity. The Patriots overachieved. The Browns underachieved. Baltimore severely underachieved. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl victory. I'm not going to say that they weren't deserving to be Super Bowl champions. I'm also not going to sit here and say this is the worst football that I've ever watched. However, I will agree with Valen that mediocre may be a good explanation, but not just because of the players on the field, though some teams were very bad. This season was also full of controversy. This season was also full of referees making themselves the stories week in and week out. I don't believe that I was the only one frustrated by this. I do believe that they tainted this season just a little bit. All the way that during the Super Bowl, it ended with a questionable call. This is the time of season that everybody's going to have a hot take. This is the point when you're going to expect analysts and clickbait artists and writers from all over the world to come up with bold predictions. And Kendall caps from clutch points. Well, he came up with a bold prediction when he said that New England will not address their need at wide receiver. He said, quote, one of the more obvious takeaways from the Patriots 2021 season was that they lacked a wide receiver that can stretch the field. New England's receiving corps were made up of Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Myers proved to be a reliable chain mover. He has good hands and decent size, but lacks any big play upside. Both Aguilar and Bourne have been wide receiver threes throughout their career. They are nothing more. As Mac Jones heads into his second season in the NFL, it would make sense for New England to go out and get him a bona fide threat on the outside. But if history has taught us anything about the franchise, it's that they will not, they will try to make do with what they have. So let me ask, would the Patriots really not give Mac Jones a number one wide receiver? First of all, Kendall, I don't believe, paid attention to the Patriots this season. And I think anybody with a little bit of sense knows that Kendrick Bourne can be a number two on most teams, and that includes the New England Patriots, in a true number two. Now, I 100% agree that the Patriots need a true number one. They need a true X receiver that can stretch the field. Because getting a true X like a Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin, with Nelson Aguilar on the other side and Kendrick Bourne playing the rover position, add in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, the Patriots offense could be very dominant. 
However, looking at the history of the Patriots, could I sit here and say, well, I would be shocked if the Patriots don't address the wide receiver position? No, I can't. Even though you can look at teams like the Cincinnati Bengals and drafting T. Higgins in 2020 and bringing in Jamar Chase in 2021 and allowing Joe Burrow to use them and propel them all the way to the Super Bowl, that's just not how Bill Belichick builds a team. I also fully admit that I believe that Bill Belichick's way of building a team could be a little archaic. I've been saying that for weeks now. I believe, for one, that the New England Patriots 100% need to go out and get a true number one wide receiver. However, would I be shocked if the Patriots didn't? No. How could you be? I think what we've seen this year, though, is just how disappointing the Nikhil Harry draft pick really was, especially in comparison to Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, and A.J. Brown. There's going to be pressure on Belichick to find a receiver in this offseason. And though it's a bold prediction to say he won't, maybe it's not that hot of a take. Now, there's a lot of people out there that say Kirk Cousins isn't a good quarterback. And I think that's one of the coldest takes in the NFL. Now, I'm very proud to say that I still believe that Matthew Stafford is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the National Football League. I will turn around and say Kirk Cousins is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. There's been rumors that He's on the trading block for Minnesota. However, Jack Brown of the score reports that Vikings O'Connell expects Cousins to return saying, quote, I'm excited to coach him. Here's what he wrote, quote, the Minnesota Vikings are beginning a new era under head coach Kevin O'Connell, but they won't be looking to make changes at quarterback. At his introductory press conference Thursday, O'Connell said that he's moving forward under the assumption Kirk Cousins will be under center in 2022. New Vikings general manager Quasi Afotomensa also said that he expects Cousins to lead this team in the upcoming season. Cousins is entering the final year of his contract, and his $45 million cap hit is the third highest in the NFL. With Minnesota potentially facing a rebuild under this new regime, Cousins has been subject to trade rumors. Now I've got to ask, do the Vikings really need a rebuild? The simplest answer and easiest answer is no. I think that the Minnesota Vikings are a good team. I think that the Minnesota Vikings can compete in the NFL. I think they need to add some pieces to defense. I think the draft will be very important for them this year because of their salary cap situation. Offensively, they're fantastic. Nobody can watch that Minnesota team from last season and say, well, the reason that they didn't win was because of offense. The reason they didn't win was because of defense, which is why I find it so funny that people are so critical of Kirk Cousins. That all being said, would Kirk Cousins fit other teams around the NFL if they really were to move him? Yes, I think he'd be a great fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Though I don't know who wants to assume that $45 million contract. However, if O'Connell is excited to work with Kirk Cousins, I would be too because I think he is a very, very good quarterback. 
Now, one of the stories that I will remember for the rest of my life that happened in 2021 was when Antonio Brown removed his jersey and shoulder pads and left MetLife Stadium in New York dancing and waving to the New York faithful when he quit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the third quarter of their game. Mike Evans says that Antonio Brown's final moments with the Buccaneers was because he wanted the, quote, rock. He wanted the football. And Jordan DeJani from CBS basically writes that the Buccaneers, including its players, are sticking with the story that it was an injury that started the fight. It was Antonio Brown's need and want to get the football. Here's what he wrote, quote, It was one of the highlights or lowlights of the 2021 NFL season as Brown took off his pads and jersey mid-game against the New York Jets in Week 17, and he ran off the field while exciting the fans in attendance. Recently, Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans revisited that wild Sunday with Yahoo Sports, and he said that Brown was wanting to ball before he wanted the ball before his dramatic exit. Evans bringing up that Brown wanted the quote "rock" is interesting since it's something that head coach Bruce Arians also told reporters when Brown was released. He claimed that Brown was very upset at halftime, and it had to do with him uh, with who was getting targeted in the passing game. Brown was asked about this during an interview with HBO's Real Sports with Brian Gumbel, and he said the claim was false. Will we ever really find out what happened in Tampa Bay? The short answer is probably no, we probably never will. Now, there was a time that I didn't believe the Buccaneers organization whatsoever. They mishandled a lot of injury situations this year. Rob Gronkowski playing with broken ribs. Mike Evans playing with a running down the sidelines, playing with a torn ACL. But what I do know is when you look at the events leading up to the Jets game, Antonio Brown inviting a friend into his hotel room, even though he was not supposed to. The constant changes of the story from Antonio Brown and his camp. There's now a part of me that sits back and sort of believes the Buccaneers organization. With Mike Evans coming out today and saying this had nothing to do with injury. This had to do with Antonio Brown wanting the football. It sort of reinforces to me that maybe Antonio Brown is just a little bit crazy. Maybe Antonio Brown just isn't that truthful. This is the same Antonio Brown who was suspended for submitting a fake document saying that he was vaccinated against COVID-19. And he was ratted out by his chef because he owed him money. So sometimes we have to look at the source and perhaps Antonio Brown isn't the best source to look at. And Mike Evans gains nothing and loses nothing by just being honest. Now, earlier this week, I had a good laugh because while I was on Twitter, I saw that a Los Angeles Rams fan had claimed that the Rams were going to be the next New England Patriots. Well, it now appears that Sean McVay is ready to return to football and he won't be stepping away from coaching. And there's been a lot of rumors that Aaron Donald was going to retire. However, Kevin Patra of NFL.com says that Aaron Donald says he'll return to the Rams if Los Angeles brings back Odell Beckham and Vaughn Miller. Here's what he wrote, quote, 
Ahead of Super Bowl 56, rumors flew that three-time defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, could retire if the Los Angeles Rams hoisted the Lombardi Trophy. Later, TMZ tracked down Donald in his car and asked him if he was truly coming back for another run. Quote, I'm going to enjoy the moment. Bring everybody back. I'm back, Donald responded. Odell Beckham, Von Miller, we bring them guys back. Let's make it happen. It's clear from Donald's comments that he has considered walking away on top. But the thrill of winning a Super Bowl seems to have tamed those thoughts. He just wants to make sure that the Rams are indeed getting the gang back together to take another shot at a ring. So could the Rams actually run it back? If they're able to re-sign Odell Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller, 100%, they have a chance to run it back. When you think about the Rams winning the Super Bowl this year, losing Odell Beckham Jr. early in the game, losing their tight end Higgaby in the NFC Championship game and not even having him for the Super Bowl, you look at the chaos and the damage that Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller caused during the Super Bowl and the run-up to the Super Bowl, is it a big ask? Probably not. Odell Beckham Jr. has made his money. Vaughn Miller has made his money. If Odell wants to add a second ring and Vaughn wants to add a third ring, build upon his legacy, of course, Vaughn Miller won a championship with the Denver Broncos back when Peyton Manning was his quarterback. I could see them giving Los Angeles a hometown discount. And if that were indeed the fact... I could definitely see the Los Angeles Rams quite indeed running it back. And uh, I hope you guys had fun here on the podcast today. I hope that you'll return to the Dear Pats Nation podcast another day. There will be no Saturday episode. There is a probability and a possibility for Sunday and a 100% commitment for Monday. It's a long weekend here in Ontario, Canada for me. And I want to spend this opportunity to see some of my family. I'm sure a lot of you will understand that. This episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast is brought to you by our sponsors over at Ultra Game. Get decked out in fully licensed NFL gear. They have all your favorite teams over there. Go check out Ultra Game and get one of the largest suppliers of licensed NFL apparel. Don't waste your money on knockoffs. Go get geared up with Ultra Game. Let me tell you the benefits of becoming a Patreon member for only $5 a month. You get invited to our Patreon hangout every Friday night. You also get direct access to me, and your comments and questions will be answered on every episode of the Dear Pat Station podcast. When you're watching or listening to the show on Friday nights, there's like 10 guys on. Those are all the Patreon members. Go check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash DPN Sports and see what's happening over there. And finally, we are members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Go on over to deanblundell.com. Check out the work that we're doing over there and see what else is happening over on the Dean Blundell Network. Over 100 podcasts and content creators, go check it out. And if you're looking for the place to find all of my content, head on over to rayroute.com. That's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. Get our newest podcast episodes, blogs, and videos 
all on rayroute.com. You can also check out our merch store where you can find my merch and all of our partners like hashtag sports, Colts Law. You can even get an F- Mac Effin Jones shirt over there plus Deer Pats Nation gear. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Deer Pats Nation podcast. And never forget, you're all legit, kid. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.